Bill Michaels Show. Welcome to everybody on the network. Eau Claire, La Crosse, Baroqua, Marshfield, Rice Lake, Menominee, all our good friends listening to us on WDUZ, both AM and FM, Platteville, Shawano, Clintonville. Saw Greg and the gang at WJJQ up in Tomahawk over the weekend. Had a great time. So welcome on to the uh, network for everybody. Everybody. Joining us now on the uh, on the hotline is our buddy Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette, breaking down the uh, the Green Bay Packers and the win yesterday. Eric, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. I got a question for you. For most yes. listeners, do you think they even know where Rolopa is? Um... If they listen to this show, they do. Otherwise, I don't think people throw darts at it on a map. But it is a, it, it is a hidden gem, especially around Christmas time, because the whole town just kind of comes out for their Christmas celebration and all the little storefronts and everything open up, and it's just such a cool place. And I love going there. But uh, but yeah, you're right. It's 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 not a it's not a mecca. It's not a metropolis. But nevertheless, it's no. still a, a fun would, space with good people. I would suggest- Anybody that's got nothing better to do on a Saturday afternoon before the Badger game or after the Badgers play, take that ride, man. That is yep. that is some just beautiful country. You know, oh, that's another for couple sure. weeks when the leaves, oh, gosh. Yeah. Be giving the yep. quick trip some business, filling up. Yep, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, so let me ask you this. Uh, I, I want to go back to something that Matt LaFleur stated, and, and it kind of raised my eyebrows a little bit when he said last night that we don't win that game without Elton Jenkins. A couple of things came to mind. One is that it's just good to have him back. He's giving him you know, some props and praise for you know working his way back into it after what we've seen uh, David Bakhtiari go through. Secondly, he could be also saying, Juice, uh, the, the backup plan we had just did not work and was kind of an epic fail. But it also means that you've got a trust factor and you can do some different things or maybe you can open up the playbook more. Or maybe you can just you know kind of get back into your comfort zone of play calling and you don't have to keep tight ends in. You don't have, you know, he can kind of go on his own island once he gets his feet under him. It, one of the three, or maybe a mixture thereof, I think, was the statement. Give me your thoughts. Well, they, with him out there, obviously, just having him on the field makes it better. But now you're kicking your bet. So with him at right tackle, and now you got Newman at right guard. That's a big upgrade from Hanson, and that uh, that proved to be a pretty big. Uh, uh, statement last night and you could tell that I mean that wasn't Elton Jenkins that we remember but we gotta remember this is his first live action so some of his angles were a little bit shallow um he's a little bit slow and on, on his on his kick and he's playing right tackle so uh, a little bit different so he's a little slow on his pass uh, his, his initial kickback on the pass block uh, but not bad but what really there were times where he was just mauling guys downfield and I think importantly, it made he was able because if you watch the game, they ran a lot of sweeps or a lot of variation mm-hmm. of the sweep where they're pulling guard or, or more importantly, the, the one that was really effective when they pulled the center and the guard. Uh, so that's like the old Packers sweep. Instead of pulling two guards, they pulled the center and a guard. But when you have that, when you're running it to the right and you can doubt, you can be comfortable that that right tackle is going to down block on that defensive tackle. That is a huge uh, thing for you to do because you got to have time for those big boys to get up and around the corner. And if that defensive tackle gets penetration, now it throws off the track from the guys who are pulling, like primarily the center. And if that doesn't happen, that's bad. And the other part of it is if, he, if that guy is going to evaporate, like basically he's going to take himself out of the play and go inside. Now he's got to, now his, his read is to go up and get a, a backer and he's got to be physical enough 
and confident enough that you can stop that backer so he's not undercutting the play and making the play in the hole uh, before he can get around the corner. So I really I, – I, that was a really big – it was really good to see him out there. Um, and you just see him kind of kind – of, you know, I think, you know, last night was, you know, the first game back and, and probably the first game of live action. And he looked pretty good. I think it's only going to go uphill from here. I mean, that it, it, it's pretty good. I, you really like his athleticism. And that was the one thing that you really were, were, were you know, looking at as well. Is he going to be really slow? I don't think he was slow. I don't think he was slow off the ball. But I, I just think it was game speed. You know, his, his angles sometimes were a little shallow. And I thought that sometimes he wasn't quite, his balance wasn't always there. But I think, I think he's going to be just fine. So go from uh, I was going to say go from one extreme to the next because it seemed to me like the middle portion of that offensive line possibly Josh Myers which also when you start to get your butt handed to you it also kind of takes away your concentration when he snapped the ball erroneously on uh, the first count rather than the second count Uh, it seemed like he didn't have a great game yesterday well you know you got to take the good with the bad right and yeah he had some some plays you know the first uh, the first drive there were uh, Jones, you know, swam under. That was a guy. Jones was making a play. He swam over the top, back door to block, and swam it over and got a, you know, minus a yard play, or minus two yards on the play. Those ones stick out. The bad snap sticks out. But one of the things that you, that that um, the key to that running game was their guard center guard combination. Whether it pulling or they were just, uh, uh, you know, when they do their inside zone stuff or they're bouncing to the backer. I thought was, you know, really good. You take it, you know, so you got to take the good with the bad. I, I going into the game, that was one of the things that um, I had pointed out. That's going to be really important for this, for the running game was because they got you know, Blackson, they got Jones and they got Roquan Smith. That's a pretty good triangle there that you got to have. You got to be able to block. And I thought for the most part, they did a pretty good job. And that's where some of the, some of the stuff uh, was really good up front. And also, you got to see how many teams can have an athletic enough center that you can pull. Not very many. And that guy was pulling. And not only did he just get around the corner and fall down, he made plays. He made blocks downfield and some pretty big blocks. Like on that touchdown run that Aaron Jones had on the sweep to the, to the, it was in the second quarter when they were driving from the left to the right. Um, that, that play, that's not a touchdown. If, if uh, Myers doesn't pick up that backer or that safety that was there. So he comes around the corner you had a really good block in there. You had a great down block from seven from seventy four. You had thirteen who cracked Roquan Smith, and then you got Josh Myers. You had a kick out from from um, Newman, and Josh Myers is running up there to safety, who's coming into the alley. He picks him off, and you know, he score a touchdown, a fifteen yard touchdown. That's good stuff. What people see is they see the 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 backdoor play that Jones made for the tackle in the backfield, the the bad snap some of those kind of things. I don't, you know, I will disagree with anyone that says that he had a poor, uh, you know, he's a B, that was a B minus game. That wasn't a poor game uh, whatsoever by that guy. I, uh, I go to the defensive side of the football and we were talking a little bit about Rashawn Gary and I'm coming home last night. I was listening and there was uh, some people calling in and saying, well, where is he? Is he getting pushed around? And there was a couple of times where he was out of the play but I said, look, when I watched Rashawn Gary last night specifically, 
he was setting the edge. He was making because the, the big fear was that if you allow Justin Fields to get outside and run wild, that's exactly what he's going to do, and he's going to torch you. So what he did was set the edge on numerous occasions. And there were times he just manhandled, got on the inside with a, a a stunt or what have you, or just a good move, and he got to the quarterback or got to the running back. But for the most part, when I was watching him, if he wasn't involved in the play, he was doing exactly what I thought he was supposed to be doing, and that was setting the edge. Well, a lot of times you can be the player of the game and not even make a tackle just by how you're setting up your team and playing good team defense. Um, now, there was the one play where it was, you know, he got Montgomery five yard. It was a five yard loss in the third quarter there um, coming out of the shoot. And, you know, he made a really good play. He took a chance and made a good play by ripping underneath and going up and, and beating that guy underneath him. Maybe he doesn't make that play that, you know, that, that ball goes for quite a ways. But he made a good play. But you're right. He, what one of the things earlier in his career he was not good at was keeping his when he had contained or when he had he was supposed to have leverage on the edge. He didn't always do a real good job of keeping his outside arm or outside leg free, uh, so that you can you know send off a block and, and get to the guy at least stretch it out to the sideline till the good guys come and make the tackle. Those were some things that happened last night that were really good. You know, so the running game, I, he, I don't think he was a major liability. I mean, everyone's going to get stuck on occasion. You know, Quay, Quay Walker was, you know, some of those runs that went for, for big yards, he's got a big bullseye on his chest when he goes in to watch uh, uh, team, team breakdown of the film today. Is that he, he, did, he, he really did not show up last night. Talking with Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette uh, and breaking down the film from last evening. Now, they had some gaps, but I, I think if they don't uh, create the self-inflicted wounds with Rodgers turning them in the wrong direction and uh, fumbling the handoff to A.J. Dillon, and then in addition to that, Josh Myers snapping the ball on uh, count one rather than count two, I think if one of those drives or both of those drives, uh, both of those incidents don't happen, I, th- I think they blow them out. I think this game becomes a blowout at Lambeau Field last night because the Packers had all the momentum. But those now the defense didn't knock it off the field very well in uh, the third and fourth quarter, only for the fact that they only had a couple of drives, offensively speaking. So I don't think the defense necessarily did their job. It's almost like they took their foot off the gas a little bit. But uh, I think if they don't turn the ball over, I think they blow them out last night. Do you agree? I totally agree. And I think you're right, too. I think, you know, when you were watching the game in that series in the fourth quarter, you could just kind of tell that it was, you know, they were kind of, you know, they, they, you're right. They took the foot off the gas until that goal line stand. But um, that was just a, 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 you know, but again, there were a lot of gaps where, you know, you're, you're looking at a team that's got a big running back in Leonard Fournette whose forte is running at, you know, B gaps, A gaps. They got to, they, they better light their hair on fire a little bit in practice this week because if they could, if they go out and do that again, then first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to say I'm going to run a, a lead. I'm going to run a B-gap lead, and quarterback's going to come under center. Tom Brady's going to say, all right, there's number seven. We are going to run right at him, and we're going to run away from him because he does not like to get out. He likes to get underneath blocks. So if I need a big play in the running game, I'm going to run. I'm going to make my decision if I'm going to run at him or run away from him. Either way, you're in good, you're in good shape because he, comes, he undercuts blocks. So he, you know, even plays where it could be a three- or four-yard play goes for 12 because he's on the backside of a block rather than climbing over the top and getting in there at, at a three- or four-yard loss. So as quick as he is and as fast as he is, he is just not very physical. And you saw him thinking last night, and you saw him flat-footed on occasion. Um, 
that play, that touchdown, or that, that play that didn't go for a touchdown, that field went and dove for the pylon, if he's not <clears throat> he's not flat-footed at the one-yard line and continually uh, moving with the quarterback, that play is probably a lot closer to the two-yard line or the three-yard line than it was to the pylon there. So some of those things are going to get – they need to clean up if they're going to be uh, effective stopping the run going forward. Well, that was going to be my next question. Going forward, you're going to face a pretty good team. They've got Leonard Fournette. They can run the football. Obviously, Tom Brady is so much better than Justin Fields. And I, I Justin Fields is turning into, uh, over the first couple of games anyway, what I thought he was. He's He can throw the ball if he's got time, if he's got some guys that are open. But more so, he's athletic. He wants to take off and run. He's not a necessarily a pocket presence passer. And I don't know if he's ever going to be because he's never really shown that propensity. So now you face a, an entirely different team going back to a tough defense, going back to a, a, a team that likes to run the foot when they can. They don't want to put it all on Tom Brady. So how, what do they need to do better this week going into this game, in your opinion? Well, it's going to start with the linebackers. I mean, we saw what I think is an anomaly in uh, Campbell missing some plays that he probably normally would bring the ball carrier down. So some of that I'm attributing to it being – basically the second preseason game for the, for a lot of the starters on defense, because you can simulate game speed and all that stuff, but you can't, sim- you can try to, is what I'm meaning to say, but you can't, you can't simulate it in practice and you got to get out there in the field and you got to, you know, cause the angles are different, right? You know, so when things, when the, when the game's on, the bright lights are on, you know, everybody's a little bit quicker than they are in practice and you got to be able to account for that. And they, if they will, um, so I'm hoping that what we saw last night was a uh, aberration. It wasn't going to be the norm, with, you know, because Campbell missed some some plays that he probably normally wouldn't miss. Um, and then seven is going to have to be a lot better. He's going to have to be able to scrape over the top of blocks and just cut cut off run plays there. Um, I thought the D line played uh, fairly good, and if you watch that goal line stand, if you're a D line coach, you're mm-hmm. that's about as good as it gets. You know, I mean, you know, everybody's got their heads below their below the um, the offensive lineman, you got no push. I mean, that was really good stuff. Um, so I think the reality is, is it's going to come down to to the play of the inside linebackers if they're going to be successful, you know, stopping the run. And Fournette's a load, so they're they're really going to have to put their chin guard around and, and get after it. One more thing before I let you go. We saw Romeo Dubs uh, and Christian Watson, a lot of motion last night, not a lot of action. Um, at what point, do, and, and you know, and there were times that they were open. So give me your thoughts on both of their play thus far. And I, I guess the next question is, when do you see them really being utilized in the offense more? Well, it's going to have to happen sooner than later because you can't keep, you know, as much as you want to uh, use your running backs, you know, I think 15 to 18 touches for Aaron Jones is about where you want to be. You know, because it's a 17-game season, and we got a bunch of playoff games after that. So I think that's probably about as much of a workload. Maybe 20 touches a game would probably be the high end of it. The good thing about Aaron Jones is he doesn't get brought down. I mean, you never see him taking too many big hits because he's kind of slippery. So my point being is that you saw it a little bit with the screen pass to Dobbs, um, where he made that 20-yard, where he got 20 yards on that. That's that's pretty good, and you saw Christian Walker was taking the end around twice. Uh, the, f- the first one went for nine. The second one, he made a mistake and cut inside too far, and, and he only got a yard on it. He keeps that down to the. He tries to get to the sideline, and he's going upfield. 
but to get they're going to need to start playing teams. They need to start doing some stuff downfield because you saw what the Bears were doing. They were doing, uh, you know, they were playing like a two shell, um, and then late they would bring down the other safety. So they had effectively a lot of times they had eight guys in the box, and that's why the Packers were successful getting it to the outside because they were able their their line and their their receivers were blocking good, so they could get to the corner. What they're going to need to do. I think it's going to start throwing those guys uh, uh, some balls, probably more vertical balls, because you saw on the one uh, pass play in the first quarter with um, with Dobbs, the ball, he, he breaks from his cut, and the ball is, like, already there. He didn't have any clue the ball was coming. You know, it was too little, too late. So it's just the little things, the little timing things, when to turn your head, um, where to sit down in the zone. Uh, you saw Sammy Watkins twice last night be able to get down in the zone and be, do find the spot, do a really good job. Um, those are some of the things that's it's going to have happen, and I think it's probably going to have to start vertically to get some pressure downfield because otherwise teams that have a better secondary are just going to sit there with eight men in the box and say, run it. Mm-hmm. Eric, always good stuff, man. Good breakdown. We'll talk about it a little bit more later in the week, and I appreciate it as always, pal, okay? Yeah, you guys have a great week. You too, buddy. There you go. Eric Baranchek, Green Bay Press Gazette. You can find him at Eric Baranchek1 over on Twitter. And uh, he joins us and breaks down a lot of the film and what he sees as the Green Bay Packers get a win over the Chicago Bears yesterday, go to 1-1 one and one on the season. And it's all about the dubs. That's it. 27-10 to 10 was the uh, the final last night at Lambeau Field. By the way, I was talking about uh, the Prada Adidas kicks that Aaron Rodgers uh, was wearing walking into the game yesterday that set the fashion world on fire, I guess. Uh, I, I don't really give uh, two blanks about it, but apparently other people do. So uh, some people wanted to see what they look like. I posted them. If you find them on Twitter over in the Facebook fan page, you can find them both there. Um, thank God he did take off the foot fanny packs, though. Uh, that I'm happy about. Stay tuned. We've got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. reminding you that, yes, they can help. You know why? Because they have a 98% success rate. Success rate. That's all but guaranteeing that they can get you going again, big time. So give them a call, 414-455-4451. That's the New Mail Medical Center, 414-455-4451. Or if, say, you're, uh, you're tired, you're sluggish, you're moody, you're just like, man, I, I just can't get it going. Could be low T. If you're over the age of 30, it takes just about 10 minutes to get your numbers checked. Just stop in, make an appointment. Or if you're looking at yourself going, holy mackerel, here comes the winter months. Here comes the holidays. And I'm already putting on a few pounds and I shouldn't. I want to take them off. Get yourself in for the all-in-one weight loss program. Get yourself looking better, feeling better, lighter, more fit. It works. All you got to do is call 414-455-4451. 414-455-4451. All you got to do is call. Can't do anything if you don't call. Can't do anything if you don't get off the couch. Got to do it. That's our friends over at New Mail Medical. Long-time supporter and sponsor of the program. 
Uh, speaking of phone numbers to call, 877-867-1670. Let's go to Gerard listening to us in Delaware. Gerard, what's happening? Hey, Bill. Um, I hope you get more sleep, but uh, anyway. <laughs> At some point. Um, how long is it getting? Now, look, Parsons of Dallas and Walker are the same size. Walker's like 6'4", 240. The other mm-hmm. guy's 6'3", 245. Okay. How long is it going to take the Packers on passing downs to move Gary inside and put Walker on the edge? The quarterback cannot throw from his rear end. Uh, at right. least I have never seen that uh, done. But uh, how, why does it take the Packers so long to, to see these things when we can see them? And it's like they're always like it's a secret. Oh, we're going to break it. You know, we're, oh, we're going to do this at this time. We're going to surprise the other team. And and in the and our other number one draft pick Wyatt is he on a milk carton yet or or how what's going to go on what's going there, on with him? You know it's that's interesting because they're using him sparingly right now, uh, Devontae Wyatt. But I I would agree with you that they're going to start because Quay Walker is a sideline to sideline guy with with mad speed, and when you start right. overloading the outside, now granted it does open up the middle and Devontae Campbell has to be better. But if you put him on the outside and you overload the outside, now you're picking your poison. If you throw him on with Rashawn Gary or Preston Smith, you can move him around a little bit as a blitzer. Or, you know, he's got enough speed, too, where you can do it well, as a stunner. Well, remember Zandaria Smith? They used to yeah. move him inside. Remember yep. he used to run up the yep. – why, why can't they use Gary like that and put Walker on the edge? Why? Why This is the perfect time to do it against Tampa Bay because Brady I, can't move. Well, that's the other thing. I think they'll do things like that. I think they have not shown their full complement as of yet. They were getting gashed in the run game against the Vikings, so they weren't going to do it then. Now, in this particular game, they just set the edge for Justin Fields because then they had the two linebackers in the middle to eat up Justin Fields when he came forward. And now I think you could do that because Brady is going to stand still. But you have to be careful because if they do give it to Leonard Fournette, then it opens up the middle, and Leonard Fournette is a beast to bring down I understand by yourself. That. But, and they're but that, run they out. might they might start opening that up. I wouldn't I wouldn't but, disagree but, but, with but, that. But Bill, all these years, why don't they dictate instead of react? Why why is it always they're reacting instead of dictating, saying, "Hey, listen, this is what we're going to do. You're going to have to stop it." I I think they did a little bit of that yesterday when they ended up saying, hey, we're going to spy Justin Fields. We're going to make sure that he's not able to get away from us. We're going to set the edges, and we're going to let the guys up the gut come after him, and that's what they did in Preston Smith getting a couple of sacks. Well, on one was a stunt moving in, and the other one was just crushing from the outside, and also when they did it with Rashawn Gary. And one, one more I, thing. I don't think – I agree with you. I don't think they did that all the time. That that, that wasn't the game plan. But, right. but I agree with you. They can do more of that and, and bring more of that on occasion. Now we got a punt returner that's so scared to make a mistake that he's half the time calling for fair catches when there's only mm-hmm. one guy coming down where he could juke him right. and get out of the way. And then and then the other time, he, he go, runs along the sidelines and he fumbles the ball. This guy's going to be like glass pretty soon. Yeah, He's really going to be scared. The first fair catch I tweeted, I said, why did he not return that? He had one guy coming down on him. It was a line drive bullet punt. He had about 10 yards of a gap between him and the defender, and he he fair caught it. The next one, he actually, maybe he got my mental telepathy from the press box, and he returned. (laughs) 
20 yards, which was a nice return. And then the one after that, he should have never caught because it was it was almost a, a muffed punt. It was like a shank almost. And yep. he tried to catch it on the run. He ended up not getting his hands on it fully, and he boots it out of bounds after he drops the ball. So I agree with you. Right now, Amari Rodgers is still trying to find himself as a punt returner. He may not even well, be the guy that should be returning punts, to be honest with you. But if that's the I, best you have, that's all you got to go with. Really? And Crosby, how is this going to affect us? Now, we got a real punter for a change. Now, how are we how are we going to affect us when Crosby, when it gets colder out, and he's he's putting the ball on the goal line now, he can't get into the end zone. So what's going to happen when it gets colder and he's kicking off and it's going to land and it's going to come down to the seven or eight yard line? Think about that. People, are I know I agree. I wonder if he'll get better as the season goes on because that knee continues mm. to heal. Yeah, you know, but it was it it was a huge. I agree with you. It was a huge difference in week one when you looked at what the Vikings were putting up versus what what he was putting up. Because the Vikings, their kicker, I mean, when I was watching him in warmups, man, oh man, oh man, he was lighting it up from all. Joseph was fantastic, and don't forget, he hit that long field with that fifty-six yarder. Uh, Now he hit a fifty-six yarder that was ten yards up in the net. Mason Crosby hit a 55-yarder in practice that made it by about seven yards over the crossbar. So you could see the difference in leg strength. He was still accurate. He was still putting it through the uprights, but he doesn't have that boom to it that some of these younger guys do. And I just wonder if that's still the remnants of the offseason surgery. Yes. Yeah, it could be. Or or it's just the uh, we got to keep Crosby around because he's one of the guys. (laughs) That's what always. Yeah, well, he's coming up on the end of his contract too, eventually. And uh, you know, right now, if he's the best you got and the most accurate kicker you have, you kind of live with it. But if he's not accurate, and I believe last year was more process than it was the kicker, and I think the kicker, it it got the process got into his head by the end of the season. Because don't get me wrong, he missed kicks. But I think it was the process that led to that and the fact that you couldn't rely on it on a consistent basis, which caused hiccups. And I think that that, a lot of that has gone away, bringing in O'Donnell and the ability to hold and be better at that uh, with that whole new process. So we'll see. We'll see. It'll all play out. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, – they're going to – their coverage – I don't mind if you're two yards deep in the end zone and you return a ball only to the 17, the 19, the 20 because you're still not getting it at the 25. But, you, right. you know, if you can consistently kick it for touchbacks, then, yeah, that does, you know, kind of make things. Yeah, well, the tackling you know, little, on little special easier. teams seems to be better. You know, that's right. It looks right. like it's better. Okay. Yeah. But still, you always have that chance where the guy's going to, you know, what, my point is when it starts going 60 yards back or 50 yards back, that's what's scary. You see what I mean? I'm always, yep. I'm looking for the future. I'm looking at the playoffs. I'm not yep. looking at the regular season. In other words, I'm looking at the mistakes that could be made in the playoffs, looking at it now, so I'm going to see what's going to happen down the line. That's the way right. I look at it, because I don't look at this team regular season anymore. I don't look Correct. at that. I look at them, Correct. what they're going to do in the playoffs. That's it. 100%. That's what I look at. All right, thanks, Bill. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Hey, some breaking news uh, regarding the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as we all kind of thought after watching that skirmish breakout down in uh, New Orleans yesterday. Mike Evans, the wideout for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not available for the contest against the Green Bay Packers coming up on Sunday. He has been suspended, suspended for a game. So uh, a little bit of information there. How about that? Suspended one game per uh, Ian Rappaport and company. And uh, unless he appeals it, 
which I don't think he'll be able to uh, because he came running in and hit a player, whether it was a push and a shove that knocked him down or an actual punch. Once you once you take a physical account of another player, I think it's on an automatic one-game suspension. So uh, he will not be a part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' weaponry when they face off against the Green Bay Packers coming up this weekend, just an FYI. Hey, our friends at the Water Doctors in Waukesha, John Atley and the whole gang, the Connecticut Water Softening System, the best. Check it out. Go to h2theletterodoctors.com. They do great things in the community. They also, by the way, do great things for veterans with the Custom Canine Service Dog Academy. But uh, get a hold of my buddy, John. John Atley at the Water Doctors, 262 262-549-7733. 33. I have this in my home. I swear by it. I use it. I'm not full of crap. I know exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to this water softening system. It is the best. And I've had I've had others, but this one by far is the best. 262-549-7733. That's the Water Doctors in, in uh, Waukesha. John Atley is the owner. Call him direct. And uh, also go to H2, the letter O, doctors.com. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sometimes I get a good feeling, yeah. I get a feeling that I never, 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 never had before. No, no, I get a good feeling. Friends over at Forgotten Fire Winery tipping one on a uh, Victory Monday. Go to ForgottenFireWinery.com. ForgottenFireWinery.com. They're in Peshtigo, Wisconsin. But if you are out and about looking at a grocery store, a liquor store, wine store, ask for it by name. And I uh, had a couple people reach out over the last, I don't know, over the last week or so. And I uh, say, hey, I was up there, went to the winery, and came away. One came away with a bottle of the Moscato, the other one with the hot mess, the Pinot Grigio. There was a Merlot. Uh, I think it was, uh, I'm just looking here, it was, uh, it was Jeff. And Jeff, by the way, lives in Sheboygan, listens to the program every day on the app, and said, had a chance to go to Forgotten Fire Winery. What a bunch of great people. Bought their award-winning Merlot. You weren't kidding. Really good wines, but just a fun place to go. That is from our buddy Jeff. Jeff, appreciate it. I've been telling you. Go in and get uh, the Bill Michaels as well when you when you go there. When you go to the winery, say, I'm here, and I'm here because I heard it on the Bill Michaels show. They're not pretentious. They're not snooty. Snooty, Midwestern charm at its finest, and they just like to call it fun in a bottle. Doesn't matter what kind of wine you like and what you like to do with it. Just enjoy yourself. Just enjoy yourself. That's the way they like to do it. It's our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. Uh, let's go back to the phone calls. Talk to our buddy Dwayne listening to us in Oshkosh. Dwayne, how you doing today, man? What's happening? Well, you know, one and one. I think that's where we expected to be. Um, boy, it was nice to watch a running game again. I mean, that was just beautiful to see the two mm-hmm. back sets and stuff like that. The only discouragement I would say is please do not have Dylan trying to run wide. You got a sledgehammer, you got an 18 wheeler, you don't drive it sideways down the highway, you drive it up yeah. the middle. And I, I just don't understand why they had so many wide plays for him. It was nice to see Rogers take the, uh, uh, take the bullet for the handoff. He blamed himself. I don't know what happened on the, 
the reverse thing where Christian hit the ball, tipped the ball. I don't know if he didn't clear fast enough. But Josh he, no, went too he, early on what, that. what Josh Myers went early. Josh Myers, it was a, it was a two count, and instead Josh Myers and it, Roger said he had the brain fart. He snapped it on a one count, and Christian Watson should have been passed already when the ball was snapped, and instead he snapped it on the one count and hit hit uh, Christian Watson in the hands with it. So that's what happened. And, that's what I thought. I didn't think it was on Christian because my buddy from Arizona right away is like, oh, that Watson kid. I go, that wasn't him. A um, little less use of the tight end, obviously, except for the blocking situations. Uh, Tanya will get involved eventually, maybe even the other guy, the Davis kid. The, the thing that I uh, really like to see is the fact that uh, the slant came back. I, I thought, you know, Cobb and, and Watkins, I mean, that was, that was great football. Uh, they yeah. they still got a little something in the tank. It was nice to see. I think eventually, yeah, you'll have to get the downfield game going. Dobbs and and uh, Watson and maybe even Omari will come in and that kind of thing. But this is not an offense that should be held down because when you can run a football like that, as you know from watching football forever, you run the football first to set up the pass. You don't pass to set up the run. Right. And this is the best running we've had in a long, long time. Defensively, eh, you know, we'll see. I mean, there's still some things that go on. I don't know if the run gaps are because Jerron Reed is getting used to his position on the line or what exactly is happening. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I agree with you with Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary's doing what he's supposed to be doing. And when he beats a block, wow pretty cool to see because he, he yep. he's definitely in the top 10 of, of those uh, rush guys coming up in the league now so but yeah, yeah. you know Tampa will be a real test and uh, I guess uh, the one thing um, between Brady and uh, Rogers these guys got to cool down man they're blowing gaskets on the sideline <laughs> well you know I and again the funny thing is if Brady does it he's competitive if Rogers does it he's petty and uh, yeah, I think yeah. both guys are very fiery. Both guys expect perfections. Both They expect a lot out of themselves as well. I think they approach it a little bit differently. Sometimes Brady's more humble as opposed to Rodgers, who's more pedestal pontification. But I, I agree. Last night was nice to hear Rodgers go, ah, I screwed that up, you know, and, and, and taking ownership for some, some things. So uh, not that he shouldn't or didn't, but uh, it was nice when everybody kind of held their breath and said, what happened on that? When we all assumed it was A.J. Dillon that went the wrong way, he came back and said, no, that was on me. So I, yeah. I agree with you. But I, right now, I think it's it's this team is going to go through some growing pains, and you're going to see Rodgers explode and not be happy. But it depends on what you do with that anger. Do you turn it around and make it constructive, or do you just turn it around and make it detrimental? And I think that's where you'll see the growth throughout the rest of the season, depending on which way it goes. You know, and the one final thing, Bill, is I think what we're seeing in the league now, by the way, for these uh, kids that see the Murray kid doing all this and say, oh, my gosh, well, go back to watch Brian Tarkington. He did that every Sunday. Um, the the athletes playing quarterback as opposed to quarterbacks is what I'm seeing a lot more, not only at the college level, but even in the NFL level. Uh, the best best precision in the NFL at quarterback is still in the pocket. And if your guy's running around for for the rest of his life, then I can be very good. And I, I agree yeah. with you on the Bears. They're not very good. Not they, a very good football team. They got a lot of work to do. No doubt. Good stuff, man. Appreciate it. There you go. He drops off. You get on board. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Again, Mike Evans of uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers suspended one game by the NFL. Now, 
Uh, here's the thing. Can he suspend it or, or can he, uh, can he um, um, appeal it? Yes. It would be depending. He's expected to appeal the one-game suspension. When they hear that appeal will depend on whether or not it stands. So he can, if he thinks that, say, this game is the tough one coming up against the Green Bay Packers and they're not going to hear, hear the appeal until next week, well, then he can appeal it and still play in this game and still serve a one-game suspension after the Packers game. If they, if they want to hear it immediately, then they can hear it immediately, and uh, chances are they're not going to overturn that. They're going to re- keep that one-game suspension. He'll lose his appeal. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He didn't go out and punch a guy in the face, but the rules are pretty specific. When you go after a guy physically, detrimentally, um, during an altercation, I, that's an automatic one-game suspension. So uh, my assumption is that he's he's uh, he's gonna he's gonna get the one-game suspension. And as Ben, you're pointing out the right thing. I mean, him and Lattimore have gotten into it before, years ago. And that's happened. So it's not as if this is the first time altercation between these two. This has been something that's been brewing for a while. Now, maybe they look uh, upon Lattimore and say, well, you're pretty much a trash talker and you were going after everybody. But they're also going to look at Evans going, you know this. You exploded right there in front of God and everybody during a play, a dead ball session. You went ahead and went after this guy and uh, they're, they're going to suspend you for it because it turned into a melee after that, uh, so to speak. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Don't forget about our friends at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. Still riding season left. Still a lot of riding left to do. Hang on to it like grim death, my friends. And if you're a little bit cool, that's okay. They've got warm clothes to keep you there. That is warm motor clothes. They've got parts. They've got, they've got accessories. And don't forget, if you're looking for a place to store your bike, cozy, warm, comfortable, keep the battery on a trickle charge, all that kind of stuff, Wisconsin Harley-Davidson, they store them as well. Start setting up your appointment now to get it out there, get it serviced in the wintertime, store it in the wintertime, get it all ready for riding season come next year. But if you need stuff for this season, go to WISHD.com. That's WISHD.com. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers beat the Bears 27-10 here at Lambeau Field. Green Bay now has beat Chicago seven in a row, 12 of their last 13 games. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon rushed for nearly 200 yards combined. Alan Lazard caught his first touchdown of the season after missing the opener and says before the play was called, he told the team to celebrate like they were having a tea party in the end zone. I got the, the huddle. I was like, hey, after I scored a touchdown here, just so we could bring up the energy and the juice. I was like, I'm going to pour you guys some tea. I want you guys to drink the tea and do with it as you would like to. So we saw a different, a variety of celebrations after drinking the tea. Jair Alexander got the defense's first turnover of the season after he intercepted a pass intended for Equinemia St. Brown and says he plans to collect on a bet. Were they in zone or man coverage? Uh, Yeah, it was man. I had to take them all the way across, so yes. I think it was a silent bet. You know, everybody <laughs> owed me something. <laughs> well, they owe you. I can't say right now, but I'll let you know when they give it to me. Sammy Watkins came up with a big 55-yard reception off a play-action pass from Aaron Rodgers in the fourth quarter. Great play call by coaches, and I just did. I just freaking ran fast, and that was really that was really simple, the easy part. But great play call. Defense was coming in the box. They think we run the ball, and we freaking literally on the five-yard line, I think. 
and it was a gussy play call by the coaches. And literally, I just ran my route fast as I can, and Aaron laid it out there, and I just went up under and ran up under. The Packers settled for only a field goal on that drive after scoring 24 points in the first half. Aaron Rodgers. The second half was frustrating, but it's tough to win this league, so I'm very happy. Just like them, we expected to win this game. So, you know, I'm not up here surprised about what happened. Felt like we had a good week of practice, and if we just played our game, that this was the type of outcome that, that could happen. So the Packers are now 1-1 one and one and head to Tampa. Chicago falls to 1-1 one and one and will host the Texans. Bears head coach Matt Eberflus. You know, as I talk to the players in the locker room there, you know, we still have our 24-hour rule. And when, you, when this happens, you have adversity, it stings and it hurts. And you have to soak that in. That's the Bears' new head coach, Matt Eberflus, from Lambeau Field. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back. Top of the hour. Coming up next, we're going to hear a lot of... uh, Discussion from inside the locker room. Going to hear uh, from numerous people. We're going to hear Aaron Jones, Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Matt Eberflus. Going to hear from Justin Fields, all coming up here in just a couple. So hang in there for that. Um, Some of the uh, thoughts coming out of the locker room. Don't forget, we got stock up, stock down about uh, 35 minutes away. We'll talk about the weekend that was. Mike Clemens going to be joining us in the last hour of the program today as well. So we still have a lot to get to on a uh, Packers Monday in which the Packers get a nice win. Uh, Not great. Not great, mind you, but a nice win. You take it. And one of the things, this was brought to my attention last night. There's two ways to go here. On one side, you can say, you know what? It was a win. They didn't play great football. They still don't look as great as you would hope. Okay. But also, don't really good teams win lackluster games, right? That could possibly be that this is a really good team. This is a team that is going to win some of those, quote, ugly games. And when you win ugly games, it's because you're a really good team. So, a couple of ways to look at it. We'll talk about that when we come back. Stay tuned. We got a lot more coming up. Two hours down, two hours yet to go on this Monday, the day after the Green Bay Packers get a really nice win. Stick around. We're going to hear from inside the locker rooms, both sides. That's coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.